these rights of way, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we can't do our project as we planned. So through this audio guide, I invite you around the woods on a weekly journey, which you can listen to wherever you are. We're going to talk about trees. Trees particularly had a great significance to people that lived off the land. And we want to evoke those ancient stories as you journey with us around Thorncombe Woods. We want to start with the hazel. It was so important to Dorset folk. So get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy this moment. Woodmen have been fashioning wattle hurdles from hazel since the days of the flint axe. Every seven years, hazel, the hazel spurs are cut and they're known as wands. The wand is split and hurdlers call it split rods and they weave those split rods in and out of the vertical stakes known as sails. The feathery tips of the hazel rods are cut and bound. They're known as faggots made to heat the bread ovens. Properly cut hazel stools will last for generations, sprouting new spurs for the next set of hurdles. And the hurdles, well, they always used to be used to keep the sheep in and the deer out. These days, people sometimes have them in their gardens. We've come up to the coppice at the top end of Sonkham Woods, more sort of side top end of Sonkham Woods. There is this beautiful hazel coppice and it's quite cool and shady at the moment and the coppice is looking very mature. So this is a big stand of hazel which every so many years is cut down to the ground and then it grows up with lots of beautiful straight tall sticks which can then be cut for all sorts of different uses. And a few years ago I was up here and uh, there was a hurdle maker, a Dorset hurdle maker from wool called Alan Brown. His son's still making hurdles and um, all he had with him was a couple of bill hooks, very sharp, incredibly sharp bill hooks and a larger piece of wood with some holes in where he could just jam in his uprights and he'd cut a series of five or six or seven upright sticks to form the uprights in the hurdle and then he'd split lengths of hazel in half and then just weave them in and out of the uprights to create an absolutely beautiful wattle hurdle so, so they were real work of art that could be used for sheep fencing or any sort of instant fencing quite popular with some people in their gardens um, but a really durable, beautiful piece of woodland craft and that's what he did all his working life and he was immensely talented and a, a lovely, lovely chap and um, he'd just work his way through the wood cutting, laying it down, stripping off the side shoots and then making hurdles and then over a period of a few weeks he'd work his way through this wood and it would all be done and everything would be cut to the ground, cut to the floor then he'd move on to another wood and then you wouldn't see him back here for six, seven years to give it time to grow up again, ready to be cut. And it's looking ready to be cut now, I think. It's quite mature, so maybe somebody will be coming to cut the hazel soon and make wattle hurdles. I hope so. <laughs> 
Ian's going to read us the story of the hazel. The tree that the Celts often identified with the month of July was the hazel. Known as the Celtic tree of knowledge, the hazel was associated with wisdom, intuition and creativity. Hazel rods were used for divining water and minerals, and so it helps attune us to the deep undercurrents within the earth and within ourselves. The metaphor associated with hazel is the dark pool, the cauldron of the unconscious, the source of wisdom and inspiration. Irish legend tells us of Connor's well, over which nine hazel trees produced flowers and nuts simultaneously. These are, we are told, the hazels of wisdom, or the science of poetry, and as the fruit and the blossom fall into the well together, they raise upon the water a royal surge of purple. As the nuts sank into the water, the salmon that lived in the well ate them. Some say that this well is under the sea, and that it called the father of all salmon to itself, in order to give to him its gift of wisdom. And this began the annual migration of salmon to the sea and back. In the Irish story of Finn, his druid master caught this magical salmon, and intended to eat it in order to receive its wisdom. The boy was told to cook the fish, but not to taste it. While doing so, Finn burnt his thumb on the salmon's skin and automatically put his thumb in his mouth to soothe the pain. Instantly, the wisdom of the salmon flooded through Finn and he was conscious of everything that was happening in Ireland. The gift of far sight was Finn's now and he became a great druid himself. Hazel was called the poet's tree. For poetry, the voice of the feminine draws upon the deep reservoirs of the human heart as its source. When we go into nature with a sense of the interconnectedness of all things, the face of nature herself becomes the shining surface of a dark pool in which we will always see ourselves reflected. Poetry allows us, through the language of metaphor, to evoke and share this experience. The hazel tree was sacred to the god Mercury or Hermes, and the atmosphere around a hazel is often described as mercurial. There is an old saying that silver snakes surround its roots. Mercury was a messenger of the gods. His is the dialogue that occurs now between our rational selves and the wise and knowing voices that whisper from the dark well of our unconscious. His staff was entwined with snakes, the caduceus, the symbol of healing. So as the struggle of the solstice recedes into the past, we can rest by the dark pool, lick our wounds and let them heal. The gift of intuition, wisdom and insight can make us great mediators in times of struggle. As a source of creativity, it can inspire both ourselves and those around us. Hazel can help us to become a catalyst, inspiring changes in our own lives and in the world in general. As long as we remember to stop and be still and to listen to the quiet voices within. Finding times for stillness and reflection, especially in the middle of summer, can be hard. The creative urge drives us out into the world, and this is often seen as a time for travel, holiday, festivals and parties. It feels good to fly like Mercury upon his winged sandals from one experience to the next, enjoying the sense of freedom of being alive and inspired. But if this is all that we do, then we can stop listening to our hearts and lose our connection to the very source that inspires us. Only in stillness and silence, in the act of being, feeling and receiving, can we access this source. 
So the task is to strike a balance, to find time to be both inward and outward. Otherwise we drain ourselves dry. In the 12th century, the Christian mystic Bernard of Clairvaux wrote, If you are wise, you will show yourself as a reservoir rather than as a canal. For a canal spreads abroad water as it receives it. But a reservoir waits until it is full before overflowing, and so gives, without loss to itself, its superabundant water. In being, feeling and receiving, we allow our reservoir to fill. Mm -hmm.